Hello, everybody, and welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and a whole lot more, including astronomy. We'll be continuing with our series on planet Earth and actually concluding it on Wednesday with a very special episode. You don't want to miss that one. But today, focusing in on meteorology and maybe a little intertwining, mixed in with a little bit of science as well. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bonnier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio, and this is episode number 356. It is Monday. It's August 8, 2022. What a weekend we had, too. If we looked at the dew point chart, something really, really caught my attention as I looked at many of the surface observations on Saturday. And that was the fact that we had dew points over the weekend in the mid-Mississippi Valley that approached and even exceeded 80 degrees Now, those of you that are familiar with dew point know it is the direct measurement of how much water vapor there is in the air. Unlike relative humidity, by its very nature and by its very description, relative, it's relative to the temperature. Here's what I mean. When you see the temperature rising, that air parcel can now hold, actually hold more water vapor. The colder the temperature is, the less water vapor it can hold. So the amount of water vapor that's in the air is always relative to what it can hold. So the amount of vapor pressure or the amount of water actually in a parcel of air doesn't matter when it comes to relative humidity. Here's the deal. When we were an agrarian society very early on in USA's history, Relative humidity was much more important, and that's because farmers needed to know whether or not the hay that they cut was actually going to dry out. It can be a hot and stuffy day, but as long as the relative humidity allows more moisture to go into the air, well, then they can proceed with their haying. If the relative humidity is high, they tend not to cut down the grasses that they need to see dry out. So relative humidity was certainly a very important meteorological parameter that was very carefully monitored because so much of America early on was very much in tune with that agrarian or farm lifestyle. However, it's not a great indicator to take a look at when you're trying to figure out whether or not you're going to be feeling muggy, sultry, or comfortably dry because it doesn't point to the actual amount of water vapor in the air. So with that, here comes the dew point. 
and Dewpoint has been having increasing popularity really since the 1980s and 90s. I started seeing that popularity increase in Iowa in my first TV job in 1981 and carried that with me no matter where I went. And it was a tough sell here in Cleveland for a little while. However, eventually I did get Dick Goddard on board to show the dew point and to tell people that the dew point is what you really have to look at in the summer to determine whether or not you will be comfortable or uncomfortable, comfortably dry or uncomfortably humid. So here's the deal for those who have never heard. If you have a dew point of 59 or under in the summertime, it generally means that you're going to have a pretty comfortable day. The minute you hit between 60 and 64, it starts getting just a little humid. It's not very humid, but you can certainly feel the difference. Between 65 and 69, it's very, very humid. And anytime you see a dew point of 70, that's the kind of air that you typically see around Key West, Florida. It's very humid. It's very, very muggy. So whenever you see a dew point any higher than that, you really know that there's a lot of water vapor in the air. And this weekend, Moline, Illinois, the Quad Cities, right along the Mississippi River in southeast Iowa and in west central Illinois, I saw an 80. And upon further review for the weekend, Moline's dew point actually hit 81. And it was close to 80 in Cedar Rapids and Waterloo and all of the surrounding area. So it wasn't just a fluky thing. The entire region, eastern Iowa, northern Illinois, and eastern Missouri, northeast Missouri in particular, saw dew points between 78 and 81 this weekend. Certainly very, very high. Now, the dew points in northeast Ohio were in the low to mid-70s. That certainly will get your attention, too. No doubt it was a muggy, muggy weekend. But how often will we see dew points go 80 and higher in Ohio? We recently had the Columbus dew point last summer hit 82. That was a record high dew point. So when we come back, let's do a little comparison between dew points in Cleveland and dew points in the Quad Cities, that being Moline, Bentendorf, Davenport, and Rock Island. Those are the four cities that make up the Quad Cities of Illinois and Iowa right along the Mississippi River. It's Moline and Rock Island, Illinois, and it's Davenport and Bentendorf, Iowa. So we'll take a look at those. We'll do a little comparison, some interesting stats, and we'll also show you a spot where the weather has really taken a nosedive where people need it and want it to be a whole lot nicer. That's coming up. Okay, we're back and we're talking about dew point and we're going to do a little comparison and try and figure out just exactly why the dew point in the Quad Cities area of Iowa and Illinois are typically higher than that of Cleveland because we both have a water source. Of course, our water source here in Cleveland is much larger. It's the Great Lakes. It's the Great Lake of Lake Erie. In the meantime, the water source for the Quad Cities 
is the Mississippi River. So let's do a little comparison. What I did is scanned the climatological data, all of the surface observations from 10 years ago to today. So basically from 2013 to this year. And the parameter I was looking for, obviously, the dew point. My question, when or how often did we see a dew point touch or exceed 80 at either the Quad Cities Airport or at Cleveland Hopkins Airport for the same time period, a 10-year period? Well, let's first of all take Cleveland. Did we ever hit 80 in the last 10 years? And the answer is no. Now, it came very close, and I think I remember seeing a dew point of 80 back in 1994. That was an extremely humid year, but uh, nothing in the last 10 years. We came close. We had a dew point of 78 on several occasions, but that's as high up as it went. That certainly is high enough. What about Moline, Illinois, or the Quad Cities? Well, there were three years where they did not hit 80. That was 2013, 2014, 2017, make that four years, and 2020. However, all the rest at least had one instance of a dew point hitting 80. They are 2015, hit it once, 2016, hit it three times, 2018 once, 2019 once, 2021, last year, twice, and so far this year, once. In fact, it hit 81 over the weekend on Saturday. So in the last 10 years, the Quad Cities hit a dew point of 80 nine times, while Cleveland Hopkins Airport hit a dew point of 80 zero, no times. So why is that? So that is obviously a source of speculation, but you have to look at the sources of moisture content in the air. Here in Cleveland, we do have some contribution from Lake Erie, but aside from that, the contribution from transpiration, from vegetation, which would certainly account for some, is somewhat negligible when you consider the fact that there's so much more going on in the Quad Cities. Now, let's remember most of the area in Iowa and in Illinois, farm country. There is a ton of farming going on. Crops from corn to soybeans to everything else in between. There is a ton of transpiration going on. Transpiration is the process by which plants essentially breathe. And when they breathe, not only do they let out oxygen, which is certainly very important for the coexistence between plants and humans, but they also breathe out water. It's, it's essentially a part of uh, the photosynthesis process. And so when you have a lot of vegetation around, that will add a considerable amount of water molecules to the atmosphere as opposed to the nominal vegetation going on in a rather cosmopolitan setting in the greater Cleveland area. There's some farmland, but you really have to get a lot farther away from that city and from the airport area before you start seeing some of the same volume of vegetation, which is going on in a lot of our 
farming areas of the middle part of the country. So under the right circumstances, and by the way, maybe the Mississippi may add a little bit of moisture to the atmosphere. However, it's nominal compared to the vegetation, which allows a lot of transpiration going on in a lot of the farm plants that are out there growing for our food and our benefits. So I hope that helps. That is uh, certainly one of the reasons why dew points tend to be higher along the farming areas of the central breadbasket of the country under certain meteorological conditions. And a dew point of 80 or higher, that is just miserable. I have a friend who lives in Waterloo in the great state of Iowa, and he said it was really noticeable and people were just moving slow. And for good reason, they should. And obviously should be replacing all the water that comes out from our bodies, sweat, which is competing for space in the air. That's why we sweat so much in a high humidity day, because there's already a ton of water in the parcel of air. And so your skin is trying to force the water that beads up on our skin to evaporate, the evaporative cooling process. What a wonderful design our bodies are, is the um, uh, essentially what uh, causes sweat to be so effective, especially when the atmosphere is dry. When it's not dry, your body's working harder and putting a ton of water on your skin. That's how we sweat a lot more when the humidity is high because the skin is trying desperately to evaporate that water into the air to cool down the skin. Okay, one more interesting weather-related item, which is also science-related as well. The weather turning very, very nasty in a certain part of the globe where they want it to be a lot nicer for obvious reasons. It is southwest Iceland where a big storm is moving in In fact, they are forecasting some gales out of the south, gale force winds and temperatures that are really somewhat unpleasant, even for their summers, right around 50 degrees Fahrenheit. They can be a little bit toastier than that on sunny days, basically mid 50s to low 60s. That would be the crux of their summer season. But 50, that's kind of cool. And of course, when you add a gale force wind to that, It makes it downright unpleasant. On top of that, heavy rain has moved into the area. So why is that so important? Well, the hikers trying to go to Faradalsviak, the volcano, really having a tough time doing that. In fact, Icelandic authorities have essentially closed down the hiking trail between parking lot A, which is uh, south of the road, that goes from Reykjavik to Keflavik. That's uh, where the parking area is. And parking area, by the way, was built so that those that wanted to hike could park there and take a trail. It is not easily marked, especially when the weather gets nasty. And this new trail, Trail A, which goes to the eruption site, apparently goes up to about 1,000 feet in elevation. Now, you add to that a lot of rain and very high winds, and you end up with lots of slippery lava rock. Very, very strenuous conditions for any hiker, including the most seasoned hikers. So they have essentially closed it all off. While they have closed it off, the search and rescue team are trying to pave a little better path for 
especially novice hikers that and foreigners, quite frankly, that are trying to find their way to the eruption. They do anticipate that everything will open back up either tomorrow or Wednesday. The best day of the week are two of them coming to mind, according to the Icelandic Meteorological Center, would be Wednesday and Friday. So if you have anybody that's in the area thinking about it, well, let them know that trail is closed today and may open up tomorrow, but much better on Wednesday and Friday. Well, that's it for today's episode number 356. Hope you enjoyed it. Please let others know about this program whenever you get the chance, especially for someone who is really deeply interested in meteorology, science, earth science, and a whole lot more. And the whole lot more includes every topic under the sun, sometimes on Fridays. We like to have a little fun. Do you have a question or a topic suggestion? I welcome your input. You can reach me at weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And you can also leave me a voicemail on the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. The number is 234-525-5888. Now on Wednesday, we will conclude with a look at the moon. Obviously not all exhaustive, but certainly a very special aspect of the Earth. And that is the habitability zone. In other words, everything that comes together so perfectly that uh, perhaps it would defy absolutely any thought that randomness is responsible for life on Earth. I think you'll see what I mean when we start digging into the aspects of the Goldilocks zone right here on planet Earth. It's going to be a fun Wednesday. Hope to see you then. Weather and science across the globe. Jack!